What makes you shave your beard off, by the way? What 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 triggers the phases of? Beard um, beard? I do it every four to six months. Yeah. I like the process of growing a new one. Also, do you have different attachment to different beards? Like I do. Sometimes they come out a bit different and stuff. But you know what? This this time around, actually, because I wanted to, so I didn't want to shave it. Yeah. But this time around, I didn't groom it properly. So you know, like. Because I didn't groom it from the start, I wasn't like putting the, the right oil and whatever. So if I don't groom it for the start, it grows out in a certain way, mm. and it's kind of hard to like get it to like how I wanted it to be and all of that stuff. So I said, you know what? Time for like a fresh. Yeah. Fucked up parents, you. Exactly. You had that's up that's what that's what I've done because I got fucked up parents. <laughs> now, but also there's an element of um. The element of uh, what's it called? There's like a mental reset as well. It's like I know it's like a season. It's like my own internal season. Mm. It's like I know when I'm gonna shave my beard. It's like something's changing for me internally, and I'm gonna go for a phase where I'm gonna have that reset again. It's that interesting oh. thing of like um, I remember. I remember like when I'm cleaning up my room. Like I get this feeling of like my mind's clearing up a little bit mm. because I think that the the representation of the physical environment that I'm in within my own space is what the, the space that my mind is in. So when I'm clearing it up, I'm also feeling it a little bit in my mind because it's I'm clearing up my mind at the same time. I want to stop doing that with my hair. So mm. I want to start going through phases of just chopping it off. Yeah. Buzz cut and then grow out again. I look, I'm, I'm a completely different person. When I've, yeah. I've got like short hair, buzz cut. I look like a completely different person. What's I called like buzz it. cut? Yeah. What's, what's a buzz cut? A buzz cut is just like just... Everything just like off. Straight and then like a one or a two. Yeah, yeah, bro, I, I do that, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I like, I wonder, I, wonder, I wonder what you'd look like I got if you've done it. Like, yeah, yeah, I want to see it, I want to see it. No, that'd be sick to see, man. Even like when I've got my hair just straight down and it's just bang. Yeah. I look like a completely different person, but people walk past me and don't even know who I am. Yeah. Like in terms of at work, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally in the That's mad. Yeah, and towards walk past You've took off your glasses as well. I think if you still had your glasses on, I'll probably tell. Because you, you've got this unique style of like circled ones. I don't think, have you got other ones? Or do you wear one? Exactly. I have other ones that are big, but I barely yeah. wear them. Do you know what? I asked the dumbest questions ever. Why the circle, though? I like them. That's Just bo- why? Because I, I went to, I went to, I went to this this uh, this uh, shop called Bailey Nelson, and they're like specialized in the circular type glasses. And I just bought two and I just wore them. And yeah. I like them. I like the way they fit on my face. But then I just stuck with them, and then they became like a brand. I feel, I feel like it is like I feel like it is your brand now. I feel like if if I saw you with like squared ones all it or, takes is me to take it off and shave my hair and you'll never know who I am yeah I probably still know bro nah I don't think you would nah I would I would I, would. I don't think you do would you know, do you know I would know you I know by the me. I know by the energy I know <laughs> by the way you, by the way you talk I just I would just know bro mm. yeah I do I do wonder how how different like it would be like with business deals proposals or yeah. speaking to businesses if I had a different look mm. like would they take me less seriously more seriously does it even matter? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because like me and Aladdin were talking about this today and, and sometimes there's this thing of like some people have this belief of like regardless of what we do, people will still receive us in a particular way mm-hmm. and and there is that combination of like it's I don't want to make it complex but there is that thing of like it's a two-sided thing where I, I used this example before you go to the, you know, you go to reception every single day for 365 days mm-hmm. And you can wear the same thing, you can look the same way, you can say the same thing. If there's a different receptionist down there that every single day, they'll receive it differently or create a different experience. But now you put yourself, and now I'm going to push this a bit further, 
Now you put yourself into consideration of doing things differently every single day that will create even more combinations of what experience can become. So it does, it does play a part on how we put ourselves out there. And of course, people will still receive us in a particular way. Yeah. Um, ultimately, like, are, are the words that we use, the attitude that we carry mm. is what is, I guess, the biggest deciding factor. Like, that's the fork in the road. Mm. Because how I've, I've been in situations where sometimes you meet somebody and then you, you think, okay, normal person, like, mm. pretty cool person. And then they start speaking and you're like, wow, like, I never realized you're onto that level. And then instantly... It's like you recategorize them. It's like a, it's a mental shift. You're like, nah, you know what? Like, for example, I meet, I met somebody and, you know, he's just like, he's built like a brick wall. He's got dreadlocks, you know, beard shaped up, everything looking sharp. Start talking to them. You're like, oh, yeah, cool, man. Jim, you, you start talking about Jim because you can tell that like, he's, he's a gym lad. Yeah. But then he's like, oh, man, all of this stuff doesn't really, doesn't really interest me, man. I'm more into like spirituality and like energy and that. And you're like, rah, like I yeah. didn't realize there's a, that side to you. And I like, exper- I like learning. I like learning. How to how to experience different different people in different ways, you know? No, I love that, man. I, I I think I think what's really cool now is that the society's like becoming a little bit different in terms of judgment. So I feel like people are starting to become a bit more open minded of like thinking like, okay, cool. If the guy does look like a brick wall, potentially there might be a side to that person that I might not even see yeah. from the outside. But there is that thing. I believe that every single person's got something there, like very maybe like passionate about or connected to but sometimes not every single person has got a way of articulating that so i think sometimes what misses is like if people can't get it out is because maybe they haven't discovered how to articulate yet or maybe they're just still like yeah just just trying to get to that point um but you know what's funny so last time last time we we shot an episode one of the things we spoke about is uh monetization yeah did you monetize the business (laughs) i'm on the i'm on the cusp of yeah inshallah inshallah if god if god god willing willing god willing over the next couple of months inshallah i'll be i'll be in a position where yeah it'll be i mean i've monetized i've got money comes into the account but Mm. not in not in the way that's like as reoccurring as i want it to be yeah yeah. um it's still like like gigs here and there speaking speaking actually funny enough speaking is where i monetize most i'm yet to monetize the content side because i'm very niched so the amount brands that want to work with somebody who's so niched is is limited but that's why i'm trying to unniche myself a little bit tiny bit mm. just so you can like be more welcoming to more brands but at the same time still keep your character and not just lose lose yourself and become like anyone else yeah um have you got have you got the next stop like what's the next stop for you i really i was thinking about this as i was driving the internet mm. i feel like this is part of the reason why i want to shave my hair off because like i want to i need a fresh start i i want to i want i need to refocus I just mm. came back from a couple weeks of annual leave and I'm, I'm I kind of, I'm headed in a direction, but I really want to catalyze it and supercharge it. Mm. And I want to be more clear and crystal clear about those goals. Like At that. the moment, I'm, I'm doing what, I, what I've been doing, mm. but it's not. Do, do you know what, even though I've asked you that question and I think obviously it's like, so some of it is part of the, for the sake of having this podcast conversation, obviously I'm going to ask you some questions and stuff, but I think in, in, in general, like, I think there's something really interesting about always needing to have the next goal. And I'm not saying that's how you function, but just in general, like, I find it fascinating. I'm always around people that say, oh, like, um, when I do this thing, I'm going to have the next goal or my goal is this at the moment. Sometimes people ask me that question. It's like, mm-hmm. what's your goal in, like, five years? Or, like, what's your goal in, like, a year's time? Or whenever it is. And, like, I don't really have any. 
And sometimes, like, I question myself all the time, and I question myself, like, is that a bad thing? Is that a good thing? And one thing I've realised as well, and I'm going to use this in, like, a sort of metaphor way, um, I realised that the way I function with particular things in my life is, and there's nothing wrong with it, I'm a passenger in a car. So, for example, like, people that have goals, and I, every single person I meet, they're the drivers. So they, they kind of sit in the car and they go, you know what? My goal is to get there, I'm going to drive there and I'm going to do this and do that every single day. I actually sit in a passenger seat and I, and my goals are driving me. My goals are driving me and they're like, I'm going to drop you there, maybe drop you there. So for instance, through this podcast experience, I let, this, I let the podcast drive me. So I'm in a passenger seat. I'm always asking, oh, where's this podcast going to go? Like, what do you want to do? And then what happened, one of the stops while driving was consultation so that people start reaching out for consultation um around podcasting technical experience concept experience all of that other stuff and i'm like that's not if i if i was driving the goal maybe i wouldn't have got to that point which i find really interesting mm. i think self-awareness is key in that process mm. because sometimes when opportunities come to you unless you're self-aware enough to know whether this is for you or not for you you might just end up following whatever comes and you might end up in being in a place that you're not really happy with in the end because you didn't have the self-awareness to be like, you know what, this is great, it's a great opportunity, but it's not really for me. Um, and I feel like that's a challenge sometimes as well because I, I have no doubt the opportunities will come flooding in more and more and more, and they probably have been. Mm. And it's very easy to say yes to everything, but actually I think it takes a certain level of discipline to say no. Mm. And and sometimes it's easier to say no if you have a goal in mind. But when you don't have a goal in mind, you'll say yes to everything. But when you become flooded and you only have a certain amount of time in the yeah. day, how do you deal with that? Mm. Is there, but is there anything wrong with not having a goal? Is there anything wrong? Because with it's, it's, it's cause, cause the reason I'm asking this question is because like, it's, kinda, it's almost perceived, and this is, this is what I'm seeing as well in the society, it's almost perceived... That if someone doesn't have goals, like active goals or whatever, it's almost like they need to have them. It's like, what? You don't have any goals in life. Mm. What? What do you want to do? Like, what is wrong with not having a goal and living life, or just kind of being in the moment, or you know, the here and now that people usually refer to, or going with the flow? You know what's interesting about that, and I, lo I love how you brought up this podcast as an example in this in this endeavor for you, because your podcast is still you being proactive. I think that sometimes people equate not having a goal to being passive. But you're still proactive and even without a defined goal you're still proactive and you're still putting yourself out there you're still learning new things so technically you have a goal which is to evolve and to grow mm. but your goal isn't a materialistic i want to be here your goal is to continuously move forward and be open to opportunities that technically seems like and i'm not trying to put words in your mouth but that seems like what your your goal is to constantly evolve and be be in a position of service and and do something with your life but you haven't defined it yet and actually i think that's more beautiful yeah because your goal is internal it's internal transformation rather than external validation from a certain thing and maybe maybe just maybe that is actually more fruitful in the long term mm. because it gives you an opportunity where in how old do you know 31 you're 31. Level 31, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So like in, in that period of time, you're learning to discover 
what it is that really drives you mm. rather than assume what that is or come to a quick conclusion about what that is without having explored the depths of what this world has to offer yeah you take the time to really explore so the day you the day you find that one thing that just keeps you up at night that's when you crystallize an external thing that you're going to work towards potentially do you know what's funny like the thing that drives me the most and keeps me up at night keeps me up at daytime is life it's just like it's, it's an interesting thing it's like that's like that's, talk to me about that um but flipping the thing now <laughs> i'm joking, I'm joking. i want to hear <laughs> yes, it that's that's, i like this um, perspective. nah do, do you know what um i think all the other things to me that they're, they're kind of like um the like semantics of like okay maybe my drive is to like help people and do these other things and I'm not trying to like make it sound less meaningful. It's not. But I think ultimately my first connection is like with life itself. And I think I think just that thing of like I'm I'm fascinated with life in itself, of what life is. And obviously, you know, people always ask these questions of like, what is life and all of that stuff. So I'm fascinated with life, number one. Number two, I think life is beautiful. I think the chance to get to experience this is is incredible in in, in first place. And I think number three sits around this thing of like, I don't have to define it. I don't have to define what life is. I actually just need to experience it. And I think when I start experiencing it more than thinking about what it is, that's when the the sort of like the transitions and growth and all these different things just happen by itself anyways. Mm. Which is... That's, that's I feel like that's so much more around than just having a goal and working towards it. Mm. Because... We're all gonna die, and and I and I feel like some people were so focused on trying to achieve something mm. they forgot to stop and smell the roses, mm. which is what like in a nutshell, what you're doing. But not just to the roses, bro. You're stopping to look at the the colors of the trees. You're stopping to look at the you know understanding how somebody thinks and their perspectives. And mm. it's just it, by the end of life, you can look back and be like, mm. I experienced that. Like I lived it. I I felt like I I experienced it. Mm. I guess the question for, for for me that comes up is, will there be a part of you that says, what did I leave behind? Will will you later in life try to place your meaning on something tangible, or do you think actually you the the search within will be suf- be sufficient mm. for you? The interesting part is like I've really left like there's things I've really left behind good there's you know that's 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 already happening and i think sometimes there's that there's that conversation around you know how much of something you want to leave behind and do we always need to reach that maximum number of leaving behind whatever the number is you Mm. know whether it's financial or how many people's lives we impacted and, and stuff like that um i think i think there's this really interesting thing around destiny like because destiny is literally destination. Yeah. That's what it is. And pe- But people talk about it like it's two different things. It's the same thing. So if someone goes, I've got a destination. So when someone's going to a certain particular destination, they're going to get it anyways, which is destiny. So I, I believe, like, I don't believe in destiny in the most spiritual way, but I believe that everyone's got a destiny. Like we all got a destination, right? So wherever we're going to stop along that destination or here we're going to impact is going to happen anyways. It's, it's a given. Sort of like, maybe like in a, in a sort of like a faith sort of way. Um... But listen, I wanna I wanna ask you. There's there's this one question that I've heard recently. It's, it's so amazing. It's the most incredible question I've heard in a long time. Um, what's your why? What's my why? Yeah. 
this is something I've actually been struggling with for a, a while now. Mm. What's my why? I don't know. And it's been quite tough, actually. Mm. I've listened to a lot of Simon Sinek <laughs> to try and figure it out. Um, and especially, like, recent events as well have, like, knocked me mm. in a way that's never happened before. And it's made me question a lot of things. Made me question myself, my ego, who I am, who I think I am, who I'm creating, um, how I'm perceived, although that's a slight, very thin slice of it all. And then on top of all of that, my why, like, why, why am I doing all this? Mm. It, it's been, it's been quite tough. Like you, you have, I have, I went through a phase where I put so much value on external goals, right? I was like, okay, I want to, I want to have this and I want to have that. And to an extent, they're still there, mm. but I don't know why. So I don't know why they're there. But then that, that means I've worked, it's, 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 it's not, it's not right. Like, you know, they, the saying says start with why, but I feel like I'm trying to work backwards towards it and it doesn't feel right. Um, so two things. Number one, like I, I appreciate your authenticity and your your honesty in sharing that as well. Number one, I think I think it takes like a level of courage or being brave enough to go, you know what, actually I don't know what my why is. Because sometimes some people might actually pretend like they know what the why is when they don't know what the why is. Mm. Um I think and number two, and then this is like we, we spoke about the why question before, but actually in, in the coaching world, why questions are not useful in general. It's like in a life coaching world. And I think the better question is usually like, what's your how? It's like, what is your how? What is your how? Like, how are you going to get there? It's like, you don't know what your why is, but like, what's your how? It's like, how are you going to do that? You know what your why is, but the how is the more important question, are you saying? Or I think how is always the most important question. Mm. It's like, what's the process of you getting there? But then... If you do, if you, if you, if you focus on the process, but doesn't the why define the destination? So there's that saying as well, which is we don't decide our future, we decide our habits. Yeah. And our habits decide the future yeah. for us, which yeah. is the same thing with this. If we decide a process yeah. and the process will decide yeah. the destiny for us. Yeah. Okay. So for instance, going back to the podcasting thing, doing this podcast, that's the process yeah. I've decided on. And now how I'm going to get to the next destination is through this process. Mm. Okay. I can, I can, I can share reflections on how I fit into that framework mm. because I feel like I understand that about myself yeah. and I feel like the why is, is yet to come. But for me, I love learning about things to the point where it clicks and I like simplifying it and I like teaching others. Mm. That's, that's where I feel like I've found a skill set. And that's where I feel like I enjoy being because I can get those eureka moments where I've understood something and then I can get the pleasure of mm. delivering a learning experience for somebody else so they can value. And I feel like I become a multiplier of value. Yeah, Literally, like you become a catalyst for learning. If you're able to take something, simplify it and share it, you become a means to educate more people, yeah. which is literally adding value to the world. And then I like to do that wherever I go. Like if I learn about mm. personal development, I want to do that. If I if I learn about airports, mm. I like to do that. Like that's why, like I guess my page is is what it is because like I learn something in an airport. I'd be like, that's pretty cool. But mm. then I also learn something about personal development. I'll I'll put that on there. Yeah. So it's just a place where I can take something and turn it into my own and put it out there. And I like that process for me. It's enjoyable, and I feel like it utilizes my skill sets. Mm. But the why is yet to come for me. 
Yeah, I, I, I like the how. I think the how is beautiful. And you know what? And, and, and I think, and it's a beautiful thing. Like what you do is a beautiful thing. Like the taking the learning and then sharing the learning. Um, one of the things, so I can I can confirm with what you're doing is working. Um, so one of the things I know you've done a video of saying if you look at this bottle from this point of view, yeah. someone look from that point of view, yeah. then you know like what people see is different, but we're looking at the same thing. Yeah, and I think that's such a beautiful way of simplifying what a perspective is. Yeah, and how sometimes actually the growth or the development means that if you see it from that point of view, maybe you just go sit over there, mm -hmm. which is the transition of the perspective and and then kind of see it differently there's this one thing i've i've, I've discovered recently and it's so powerful and it says it, it says it up i think i think it's structured like this um the increase of perception is the star of transformation yeah and i was just like even though it, sound, it sounds like to some people they might hear it they might think it's such a simple thing but because i'm such a believer of perception or perspective and stuff like that. I was just when I heard, I was like, "Wow, actually, perception is so important to transform because yeah. that perception can either be increased through different means, right? Could be increased through a conversation, mm -hmm. could be increased through an experience. Even though conversations and experience as well, so yeah. experience is quite vague. But it might be, I don't know, it might be like a some kind of accident, or hence why people go, "Oh my God, I, I nearly died," and their perception is increased. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I think I've. Once I remember breaking it down into into three or four things. It's like you can read, you can speak to someone, um, and what's the last one? You can experience. Mm. You can read, speak to someone, you can experience. I'm sure there's more. Yeah. But I feel like that's a that's a, a loose framework that you can use because an experience is something you've gone through and then you've been able to reflect back on it and be mm. like, okay, or well, I almost died. What did I take from that? And then you try and distill like a sentence to take from that. Mm. You can meet amazing people. And I think both of you here are, are, are that where they can then For pass sure. on that information and pass on that insight to help you shift your perspective. And the last one is reading. And I think reading is is beautiful because you can choose any person in the world who's been who's had an amazing life and gather all of their perspectives and just read them off a page. Mm. And then that the way I like to think about how that fits into us is you know how they say you are a combination of the five closest people you are around you? Imagine if you could self-select who those people were. Pick up a read, pick up a book by Barack Obama and you've mm. just replaced one of the five closest people in your life right now with Barack Obama. Do mm. that with other people who you may look up to. I'm not saying you have to look up to Barack Obama, but it could be anyone. Mm. Pick up a book of somebody you look up to and you've just instantly replaced one of the five closest people around you with that successful person which means they're instantly going to have an impact on you i think that's a pretty cool that's a pretty cool thing and then that will lead to a shift in perspective mm. and then what did you say perspective a shift in perspective um no it increases uh so trans that's how tr transformation, transformation happens yeah exactly. increase in perspective or perception yeah equals transformation yeah i um, think that's a that's a worthwhile journey to mm. go down like to pursue yeah just just gaining more perspectives because you're going to come out different mm. And I think, you know what, if if anything is, is my why, I want to just transform. Mm. Like it's more about becoming the person, you know, and just seeing how far that goes. And then at the end of the day, when you die, you present yourself back to God as a different person. Mm. And you know that it took active effort to get there. And you know, that's, a, that's a worthwhile pursuit. Yeah. That's a worthwhile pursuit. And that's pursuit. where it goes back to how it's like, how are you going to become that person yeah. that does those transformations? Exactly. 
Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Like I genuinely think that that if anything is worthwhile for now, like if anything's resonating with me, if anything's sticking, mm. it's the 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 chase of transformation, like the pursuit of growth. Mm. For me, is is genuinely good enough, mm. and I, and like I feel like one thing I've learned recently is that pursuit of growth is actually caused most of the time by difficult, challenging situations that mm. may be perceived as suffering but if internalized and if if dissected you actually realize that they're not suffering they're just transformation it's the mm. caterpillar turning into the butterfly it's that process yeah. that hurts but mm. what you create is so much more beautiful than what, what was it there at the start yeah it's, it's, it's that thing of um i don't want to make it such a cliche conversation around the comfort zones but like realistically like when i think about it like all the best things in my life happen outside my comfort zone um and i think and and i, and I think one, one of the things i realized as well and this is i've been thinking about things a lot recently which was around how to change my perspective around certain things because I, I i felt like I, I became a little bit stagnant on some stuff actually i still feel like that a little bit mm. and i was thinking about how do i how do i get like different perspectives and look at the same thing and just see it from a different point of view because right now i'm very like maybe biased or very um kind of like stuck off looking at it from one way like i'm not moving like yeah. i'm just sitting in this one That's position and i'm looking at it in, in a particular type of way and i remember that thing of like the best things happen outside my comfort zone yeah and i was like actually the only way for me to get that perspective is by coming out of my comfort zone that's why i'm going to get increase of perception yeah to start having that transformation on those particular things and sometimes you can be wise enough to choose mm. to want to go out other times life forces you to to go out there like and and those are the times where we start to question like oh god why me like mm. why did this have to happen to me like i had good intentions like i tried to i tried to be a good i tried to do good but mm. i feel like i've just been hit by a truck like why like and that is still you living outside your comfort zone because you're not comfortable mm. you're not comfortable in that pain and that suffering and i've been recently like with that with the whole stuff that happened with like twitter and podcast like the podcast clip that was taken out of context i was the most out of my comfort zone mm. i've ever been okay can we talk about that actually i of just course, remember i just remember that i want to um, i want to talk about that so 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 just to be clear I, I might have some controversial views around it personally but just obviously for the audience i want to just be very clear that my views shouldn't be attached to your views or I'm not condoning my views to be part of your thing. Just to be yeah. clear, by the way. But yeah, um, let, let, let's talk about that, man. Yeah, where do you want to start? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Where do you want to start? Do you want to give the background of what's happened? Yeah. So here's what I can do is I can, I can I guess, paint the story in, in two separate ways. But I'll go with this one. So I, wo I woke up one day um, and I had I've been invited to a podcast. I went to the podcast business as usual. Um you know, I, I really enjoy podcasts and especially this one. I felt like it was a really good podcast. You walk mm. out of it, you think, it's like when you walk into an exam, you think, yeah, it was a pretty decent one, you know, you walk out and you think all's good. You go home, a couple of weeks later, the guy's chopped it up and one of the clips that he's chopped up um, was about a particular topic that you were discussing where he asked you, um, if you had to start from scratch, if you had to start from zero, um, how would you go about it? Like, what's the, what's the key, what's the key ingredients that you're looking for mm. to level up? Um, and now, what I done is is I'm I made a silly mistake and I and I and I now now in hindsight I made that mistake. But anyway, that clip, here's here's how it went. It was like if I was homeless, 
um, this is this is what I'd do. I'd, I'd start off with just wanting to read books and I'd ask people rather than just giving money, give me books, let me read. I want to learn. I want to mm. grow. Now, that was in the context of if you had to start from zero, what would you do? Now, in hindsight, the and actually I'll talk about the hindsight bit later, but in hindsight, actually I'll talk about it now. <laughs> in mm. hindsight, in hindsight, the mistake I made was I connected homelessness to starting from scratch. Mm. They're not equitable. Starting from scratch is starting from zero. Homelessness is many, many levels beneath zero, mm. which showed me how much um, how much privilege I have. But anyway, that clip got put onto the internet, got a lot of backlash, um, and then the backlash started to like snowball, yeah. and snowball and snowball and snowball and snowball to the point where it went not just normal viral, it went like super viral. Mm. Um, and then you had millions and millions of people saying absolutely atrocious things about me and wow. personally attacking as if I personally was the cause of X, Y, and Z and, and really coming at me like wholeheartedly attacking me. People that don't know me, mm. people that have never even heard of me were now creating this narrative of who they thought I was and they were ve- they were keyboard worrying to the yeah. next level, right? Typical internet stuff. Typical internet stuff, mm. completely taken out of context. For a moment, I looked at my friend, I'm like, now I know how Andrew Tate feels. It's just literally like, it got to a point where um, it was it was just crucifying on the internet. Mm. Even like Munya, like Munya Chihuahua, yeah. like that guy, he was making skits about it. Again, completely Seriously. taken out of context. Other comedians, completely taken out of context. And it hurt. It really hurt. Mm. It was painful. Because your intentions are very good and pure and having that, yeah. It hurt Mm. and made me question myself, made me question whether I ever want to be on a podcast ever again. Mm. I got invited to go speak at a school. That that One of the same days that it happened, I got invited to go speak at a school and Mm. I was hesitant to say yes. It made me, it reduced some of my self-confidence. In you terms forgot of, who you are. I forgot who I was. It, it, even though I was very secure in myself, mm. when, when there are millions of people who are trying to force down your throat who they think you are, mm. it's hard to ignore. And that's, that's reality. I, I can't wait for that. Like, I, yeah. I can't wait for something like that to happen to me. It's, it's mm. you think you're ready, and then it happens. No, I'm, I'm, I literally... So, so the reason I said so, actually, my views are not controversial at all. I think, I think my biggest issue with that situation that you've had is it almost kind of says like you're not allowed to have an opinion, mm. and I think that's what that's what I found really frustrating. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying if it happened to me, I wouldn't, I, I don't care. Like, yeah. but obviously, I listen. I, yeah, I, yeah. I understand why you apologize, and I'm saying you know we're two different people, and personally, I wouldn't have apologized, and it's not a comparison thing yeah. either. And I think I, I get why you would apologize. It's like it makes sense. Um, the apology wasn't necessarily yeah. from what I said, but the apology was the 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 attachment of not realizing what a homeless person goes through. Because that I can yeah, be very yeah. conscious yeah. and say I've never been homeless. But but you're still like so. My thing is this: like I, I get that, but you're still entitled to have an opinion, though, right? You are. And, 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 to and have I think an I think what my biggest issue with the internet is is that people attack people for having an opinion. Mm. And sometimes, the, and if you all know, there's opinions that are not valid. There's yeah. a, there's opinions that are coming from inexperience, opinions that are wrong. But then, are we saying that people can't share their opinion because no. they don't? You know what I'm trying to say. So I think, I think my thing is just more around. 
people's reactions and then the funniest part is people that are then trying to say certain things about you they're the same people who probably made mistakes that are way worse than that and there was definitely elements of that 100 percent. there was definitely elements of that um but i'm the type who has to take it on the chin right like it hurt i got i had an amazing support network around me Mm. of people who are who just message me like every day be like yo man how's, how's it going and like these are people who i don't even speak to every day people popped up from like 12 years ago who popped up like bro mm, this man that was taken man. out of context like don't don't let it affect you i really saw the amount of support that i have in my family in my community mm. in in people that i ain't spoken to who literally would mess me every day be like yo you good man i feel it i hope you're doing well don't worry about this that it'll, it's you know it's, it's nothing like it'll go so the amount of support that I got was overwhelming, like mm. genuinely overwhelming to the point where like, I even struggled to reply to some of them sometimes because like, it was just so much. And it was it was heartwarming. It was heartwarming to see. But at the same time, part of the people who came out of, of the shadows to, to, to speak to me mm. were people who had been through homelessness mm. and were able to educate me on what it means to be homeless. That's was, beautiful as well. You know, and yeah. I think that for me was the shift in perspective. Mm. So while, you know, you walk that through central London, you see somebody sat there in a, in a in a sleeping bag, you know, and you just don't think twice. You think, oh man, come on. Like maybe it's part of you, something in the back of your mind might ask, are you being proactive? Mm. But but that's, it's, I think, so are you saying in a society that there's no space for ignorance or there's no space for, not understanding are you are you saying that every single individual needs to understand everyone's experience and emphasize with everyone and sometimes actually i think the beautiful thing is like cool you went through this process and like you said you had you know homeless people reaching out and explaining what it actually means or people that have been homeless they explain what it actually means and i think i think that's what it should be i think yeah. it should be cool someone's made a mistake let's not let's not crucify them on the internet let's educate them instead yeah yeah. rather than trying to make out someone to be this monster especially yeah. when the person is what you said your why is it you know transformation for other people which is a beautiful thing yeah and and it's, it's the internet is a horrible place mm. and and i and i learned that but there's there's one thing that i'm grateful for which is i used to try and minimize how much i attach myself to the positive mm. Because for the past four years, I've received nothing but positive feedback from the internet. The internet has been nice point. to me for mm-hmm. four years. For four years, it has been so nice to me. Every All the messages I get have been so lovely. All the messages I get have been so heartwarming. It's like telling me how much, how inspirational they find me, whatever, stuff like that, right? And then within a flick of a switch, I got every single person on the internet who had something nasty to say, Every person who was hurting on the inside who just wanted to take it out on someone used me as a punching bag yep. for 48 hours more a week. And they're still in the comments to this day, but mm. I've got over it now. Yeah, they're, they're there. Everyone who's hurting decided to take it out on me. And because I had tried to minimize how much I attached myself to the positives, it helped because I, I, I was able to lessen the attachment to the negatives. It was still there. We're human beings, right? We're human beings. Like I would wake up feeling like crap. Mm. and it wasn't a conscious thing like i'd open my eyes and i just feel so heavy and down mm. and i try and get myself out of it but it, it was a reality but i recognized my ignorance yeah. about this particular topic and i'd done something about it last week i spent a day with uh two charities i spent a day with a charity called hand on heart 
which deliver care packages for the homeless in London and across the whole country. Mm. They create packages with like jogging bottoms, like a whole winter kit, a summer kit, a spring kit, everything you might need, all the essentials you might need. Mm. They're going to deliver them to the homeless. And then I spend the evening with a charity called Who's Hussein, who gives out food to the homeless. And on the streets of central London, giving out food face to face with the homeless. I recognized something in myself that I didn't understand very well. And that created a backlash on the internet. For me, I'm like, you know what? Let's put the, try put the ego aside here. Let's actually try and learn something. Mm. Let's actually try and learn something about homelessness. And what I learned blew my mind. Like how they get into a cycle, how they get into a habit of just knowing where the, where the food shelter is. They know where their corner on the street is. They try to break out homelessness once, twice, three times, mm. four times. They get battered down before you know it. it's cold, it's winter. And they just lose the will to keep trying. And then they just fall into this lost mm. like population of people who no one even cares about anymore. And people completely walk past invisible on the street. And here out like and in that in that podcast, the assumption that I made that this self righteousness that mm. I ca- carry of oh I'm an important human being, somebody's gonna help me out. The reality of it is millions of people walk past homeless people every day and no one care any any less. Yeah. And that was something I had to educate myself on. That was something I had to go out of my way to spend time with people who've, who've been there, people who are helping these people on the ground. And mm. I, I want to continue to do that because I recognized how much privilege I have. And when when and like I said, I'm on a transformational journey. That is my why. I want to keep mm. transforming. If I had the why, that was what that is what it would be. Yeah, yeah. So when a situation like that comes up and it causes you to suffer, use the suffering to try and upgrade and level up of course and that's what that's what i try to do from the situation there's other parts of that that there, there's layers to the, that story as well mm. um, one of the layers that if you don't mind me talking about yeah of course man um the day before this whole thing kicked off i got an email which invited me to give a speech at buckingham palace and i got gassed mm. i felt like this is the moment I've been working so hard for. You know, I'm just a kid, grew up in Northwest London, grew up in Council State. And here it is in an email saying, Mohammed, we love what you do. We want you to come and give a speech at Buckingham Palace. And I was like, wow. Mm. Like, this is crazy. This is mad. And I remember I went home. Told, I, told, I was talking to my colleagues at the office about it and I was gassed. I went home, I was gassed. I told my dad, I was gassed. And... For a moment, I felt like my attachment to this world just just dug its heels in. Mm. Right. Like it really dug its heels in and I felt so, like I, I was really living in a moment of ego. Just for glimpses of time in that whole process, when I read that email, it was pure ego. It was just saturated, yeah. When this whole thing kicked off, I got a phone call from the palace withdrawing mm. their invite so we've seen all the stuff that's happening on the internet sorry mate can't associate with you wow and that hurt mm. but what i recognized is i forgot god for a moment and i was thinking about me and god was just giving me a little slap, slap on, on the wrist. wrist yeah 
just to remind me like yo this is all temporary the palace the malice mm. whatever this is all fleeting stuff don't forget why you're here don't forget why i've given mm. you all these beautiful things in your life don't don't sit here bum licking to this person or that person or the palace the palace is nothing fuck the palace man well you don't mind i want to say that i say fuck the palace <laughs> yeah for this is this is me cancel me motherfuckers <laughs> yeah fuck the palace fuck the buckingham palace and no, i'm joking the same thing <laughs> yeah you, you, you know what yeah this is this is where like i, I find it so interesting because i like, see what you're saying about um like god like i'm not so I'm not necessarily religious. I believe in God, but I'm not necessarily religious. So my my thing sometimes is like I'm a, I'm I'm more like you know when I spoke earlier when I was saying um I'm like I'm really like in tune with life and stuff like that. Hence why sometimes I don't care about these things. Um, and sometimes I feel like I should care about it. I should care about if I'm going to be giving a speech at this different location because I've done something recently, anyways. Or if I should if I'm going to this thing or if Prince Harry's coming down to whatever. Sometimes I feel like I should care about, it, but then then I go, you know what? Like all of that stuff is kind of like, let's say it's not real, but it's, it's it's a little bit made up. It's like the statuses and this, and they're not necessarily real tangible things. They're just something that is is based on a perception. So you know what's really interesting mm. is you say you're not religious, but that's a very religious perspective. I know that's the thing. Listen, I'm that's the thing. I'm not religious, but I have so many religious philosophies, and I think that's so beautiful mm. because here I am claiming that I'm religious, but I let them slip. Mm. And sometimes I I find it hard to live by them. So I, I genuinely that's why I love these conversations because for me, for me, I've le- I learn so much from people who claim not to be religious mm. but have these philosophies my whole personal development journey was kicked off from somebody who was exactly in the same sort of headspace with you mm. like i'm in love with life i'm not really religious but i have these philosophies mm. and then when they were talking to me about these philosophies my mind was getting blown because i'd never thought about life like that but then when i realized is when i went down this journey of discovering that it brought me back to faith but at the same time, it's the philosophies that are cru- crucial and what you might call life, I might call God. Yeah, I think that in a sentence, potentially, they might be intertwined and like, they might be interchangeable. But just from two different perspectives, mm. we're looking at the same thing. Because that, potentially, we, we probably believe in the same thing. Just It's just maybe the description of what that means and it's, it's just different, you know. Yeah, Maybe the means of getting to that. Yeah space is different yeah but then you know some people will still argue against that and stuff like that there's a quote um, in the quran that that literally cements what you said by the way about all this stuff is made up uh the the quran it says surely this life is uh, a life of delusion mm. it's all delusion it's interesting you said that so I, i've i've been to i went to a hindu temple uh Maybe a month ago, mm. and so I'm I'm getting to the point in life where like I'm trying to be, I think I'm I'm realizing I'm 31. Um, I'm realizing there's a lot of things I haven't experienced yet. I still want I want to be very open minded of understanding people, their cultures, where they come from, um, how they think. Nice. Um, so I went to yeah. So like I met I met these people. I met I met uh, actual monks in Shoreditch once. I was waiting for a friend of mine. And um, they approached me, gave me a book. I was, we had a conversation, exchanged Instagram. I was reading a book a little bit, and I was like, "This is this is some really 
that's some really interesting content. I actually, I actually want to get a book out. I think it's some Aladdin. Can you help me? Uh, it's in my bag, in my gym bag, because I, I, there's one part I want to read out yeah. on, on this thing from Love that book, which I found really interesting. Um, I think it's in the 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 middle. Yeah, that yeah, that one there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll be a book in there. Thanks for that, bro. Oh, for athletes, it's like a little book. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, bro. So I went to um, wow, don't okay, thanks, bro. <laughs> so it's rough with it. So I went to this temple, um, and there were some really interesting spiritual lessons, you know. And one of the things they spoke about is the illusion thing, and they call it the Maya. No, not the Maya. They call it Maya. Yeah. So Maya is an illusion, and they they, they kind of describe it as like this is everything around us is just Maya. It's an illusion, and all like and. You know, we have to be in touch with God and stuff like that. Um, and I found it really fascinating. And I still use it to this day. I'm like, I talk about Maya, just like that's my thing. So I look at things, certain things are like money's Maya or like mm. it's an illusion or, mm. or whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm sidetracking a little bit I as well. Hear it. Yeah, I want to hear it. And also in these experiences, so I met someone today and he does like, um, he does like punk music. Like, you know, like, and, and I'll show you in a second anyway. So, like, we just we just spoke and he goes, yeah, I've got a show in June. In the past, I would have been like, are you dumb? I'm not coming to anything like that. So I looked at the thing, yeah. Um, let me show you here. And it's like this. Uh, where is it? And I saw the car, so I said, you know what? I might actually just go there for the experience. Where is it? Uh, there we go. Oh, one of them ones. Can you see the crowd? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I'm Man, like, you know what? I've never yeah. done anything like that. It's outside my comfort zone. I never would like even... It's mosh pit, but... Everyone... Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know what? I'm going to go. Like, yeah. it's, it's in June. I'm going to go. I'm going to try right. it out. I'm going to see that how is, it goes. Is that him? Is that actually... Is that yeah, him? yeah, he's... he's, he's, he's yeah, he's, 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 he's... the guy singing. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, well, it's a band. They've got a whole band, but he's the guy singing. Yeah, he's the guy singing. And I was just like, I met him. Such a, such a nice guy. We're going to get him on a pod as well. Like very different person. I'm looking at that space at what he's doing there. I'm just like, this is very different. It's like, where did that come from? So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go and try it out. I love that. I love that perspective of just like, okay, that's interesting. I'm sure yeah. But you know what? I never used to be like that. So the point I make is just, I feel like I'm getting to the stage in life where I have to be a bit more open-minded. Mm. But so this is this is from this book here, yeah? and there's this one, this one concept I want to talk to you about, and want to see how you how you, what you think. And you know, I'm actually scared to talk to you about stuff now because I'm like, I don't want to put you in a position where so much I cancel you or, <laughs> or, is, or, or is, you know what I'm trying to say. If they do, then be my guest. Yeah, so so if there's anything you don't want, you don't feel like um, you want to talk about, that's cool. Even though I don't think it's that. So there's, um, so in Hindu, there's this, there's this, uh, there's this saying, so it's called, uh, uh, how can I pronounce this properly? Yeah, Ksatriya, Ksatriya, Ksatriya. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I pronounce it, but sat means injury and tra or trayat means saves. So they've got these, um, so it talks about how in those times they used to have these satrias and they're literally called injury saves. So they would kill someone on site if they knew that that injury would save more people. And I, I was just, I was just thinking, I was just, my mind was just blown because I started reading, I was just like, they are called injury saves. Now, how can injury save because you're killing someone else? But then when I got it from the perspective of like, if they didn't do it, 
more people would die. Mm. So that means they are saving, that injury is saving other people. Mm. I was just like, wow, this is, this is like, it blew my mind. Um, I wanted to ask you what you think about that, actually. But when with with that, do, can anybody do that? No, there were there were particular there were particular type of people that could do that. So there were there were specific people, not anyone. Yeah, there were very specific people, and that's what that's what they were called. They were called injury saves. Okay, so they so are people who roam the earth they, they and they the satrias. Yeah, satria. So these are people was... who roam the earth and would like try and try and intervene. With 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 a with a with a situation, if they know that this person's gonna grow up to cause harm, yeah. they'll try and nip it yeah, at the bud. Yeah, I guess I guess I guess that was the version of uh, what's what's the best modern comparison? I guess that's the version of police. Yeah, or maybe like vigilantes kind of thing. Yeah, but they yeah, were they were legally like they were it wasn't a legal system, but they were they were caught, they were asked was it like to do a that divine? Did they the did they see it as like a divine intervention? Like yeah. Were they, were they, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was it was a religious thing. Um and they're literally called injury saves. Like I, I, I just find that so fascinating. So we have a, we have a, a man in Islamic tradition called Khidr. Khidr literally means green, and this man he actually I just thought of it now like evergreen. But green, he, his name is Khidr, and he we believe he has been gifted by God the ability to live for this whole eternity of life. Mm. He doesn't die. He doesn't age. Doesn't die. He is. He has been alive, and he will continue to be alive. And he roams this earth somewhere. You never you recognize him. He kind of just blends in. But he's like on a mission. He's mm-hmm. he's that divine intervention. So he lived during Moses' time. So he was he was alive during Moses' time. Continued and he continued to this day. There are rumors that they even say that potentially he crossed paths with the Buddha, and mm. he crossed paths within that so Eastern world as well. When he crossed paths with Moses, Moses was like, "Listen, I really want to spend time with you." And he was like, listen, you, you, you won't handle, you won't handle it. Mm. And he's like, no, please. Like, I, I just want to spend some time with you. Um, and He was like, fine, but you can't ask too many questions. And Moses was like, okay, I'll, 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 I won't ask any questions. And the, the you know, they, they go on this journey and, and Moses is always there by his side and he's watching him do stuff. And there's a couple particular incidents that where this guy does stuff that's a bit weird. He does, does stuff that's a bit strange. Mm. And Moses questions him, he's like, why are you doing this? And one of the things that he does, and I, w- I don't want to get this wrong, so I want to I wanna, I wanna, like quote it. Yeah, yeah of course. Right? Um, but one of the things that he does was very similar to what you just described. Mm. Uh, so, story. Okay. So let's go here. All right. Hello, Aladdin. Good, good thing we weren't uh, we weren't doing it. All right, let me see. But we've got about um five to ten minutes left, and then and then we go. Um, go get some food. Okay, here it is. So, basically, uh, oh, take your time, man. Take your time. Um, you know, I might ask ChatGBT to simplify this. <laughs> Have you been using that? Yeah, it's banging. Yeah, no, I love it. ChatGBT is the one. I actually might copy paste this into ChatGBT and say, can you summarize the story? Please? Do you know what I asked? Uh, what did I ask ChatGBT? I asked it about humanity. 
Uh, it gave some really interesting answer. Oh yeah, I said I said, what do you think about humans? And yeah, it gave some really interesting answer. He gave like a neutral sort of like answer, but it said that human beings got both got capabilities of either destroying the world or or doing something with it. Yeah, or doing something with it. Which like it's not lying. It really Let's isn't. Pop this in there. I actually using ChatGPT. But that's the thing. But you know, you know when we ask ChatGPT something, yeah, technically we're asking that ourselves. We're asking like we're just asking. An enhanced version of human thinking, I guess. Yeah, that's that's just been able that's able to condense it and summarize it very quick. Yeah, that's what I love about it. For me, I just I'll copy paste something and I'll just ask it to summarize. Please. Um, there was another part I wanted to share from this book as well, but I don't think I'm gonna find it. By the way, this is where I'm a bit confused because this this book is on teachings of Buddha. Yeah. Teachings of Lord Buddha. But the temple I went to was a Hindu temple. Because Buddhism and Hinduism, like they're, they're, they're similar, but they're not the same, right? So I'm a bit... I'm a little bit... Um, I'm still learning. Okay, here it is. So yeah. Um, here it is. So they embark on a journey where Khidr performs acts that Moses does not understand, such as... Uh, Sculpting a ship, so he breaks down a ship, just a ship that's parked up, he just smashes it up. Mm. Okay. Um, he builds a brick wall, like there was a wall that was falling over that was half broken, and he, he literally rebuilds this brick wall. And the last one is he kills an innocent boy. Mm. So there was a kid, and he kills him. And for that last one was like the last straw for Moses, where he like was like, What's why what did you just do? Like, how did you just do that? Mm. It's like I told you you are not gonna have the patience to deal with what I have to do. But I am here to divine intervention. That boy was going to grow up to become like evil on this earth. He came from good parents, but something happened where he's he's not going to be good mm. for this earth. And I've, I'm not doing this because I'm doing it. I've been asked to do this. I've been asked to do this. He had such a pure soul. They had direct connection with God where God would ask him to perform some things. And he would do that. So... That perspective that you that you brought up is like, that's why I asked: Is it divine intervention? Because if it's because in Islamic tradition we have we had that one person who had a very similar path, had a very similar mission, where they would go out there and they would do things mm. because they had a much longer view, and it wasn't necessarily they, but it's like they were taught, they had access to knowledge of the divine, which allowed them to see that. Mm. So I guess that my perspective is is that, but it just comes from that one story from the Quran. Yeah, no, it's, it's 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 yeah, it's literally along the lines of what that means. The injury saves meaning, I guess. Um, what do you think about it? I f I find it fascinating because I I think I think before hearing this perspective or reading this perspective, like I used to look at like you know like if anyone's ever being killed, it's wrong. But then I never thought of it of like I guess there is the whole like vigilante conversation or whatever. But that's never like really appealed to me. But this thing of like injury saves. It's like it kind of gives a bit of justification to actually like, like if this person would kill maybe I don't know hundred people or whatever, it actually kind of gives a bit of like justification. There's a bit more of a actually that's the word I'm looking for. There's a bit more of a um, spiritual way mm. of killing someone. 
it's like injury saves. It's like that's a sounds like a beautiful. I know, I know, it's not. I shouldn't be saying it like that, but it sounds like a beautiful way of saying it. actually it's, it's all right to kill someone in that scenario. Um, it's very inter- the interesting thing, I guess, is that we us fallible human beings, like we make mistakes, and if we're not connected to the divine in some way, shape, or form, we can very easily think that we're doing the world a favor. Mm. That we might be causing more harm than good. Mm. It's only if you are completely like i don't know like god sent literally that i feel like something like that stands but that's very hard to judge i feel like a lot of people feel self-righteous the point oh, like, oh well, yeah i am god sent like he's told me you know and then and do that and perform that um which makes it more difficult to manage yeah i guess but um, I, I, yeah i'm not I, I don't think i'd ever be in that position of like actually i'm the person who well, i don't think yeah i don't think people want to be in that position um i think that's why i think maybe that's why we have this like whole different system of like you know we've got the police we've got the trials and yeah. you know people go to court and all these different things but that... our system is so fallible like our system is mm. so makes so much mistakes and so many people get thrown under and yeah like imagine if they gave themselves yeah. the right the same power that they had there where they can just pop 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 i guess america's kind of like that right they think somebody's <laughs> yeah. gonna cause more harm than good so they'll just pop pop them straight away yeah. And that's so wrong. Like you can see the injustice in that. But what's happened is, is that it's as if those police officers with the guns have been given that sort of self righteousness to perform. Yeah, but the thing is, I don't. But they don't have that understanding they don't have of that of that divine, or you know, they don't get. They don't know what that means or exactly. what that you know what the power means. But what I found really fascinating in this book when I read it is that there were people who knew really well what that meant. Like they were like, you know, they were very, they, they were prepared for it. Like that's, 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 that was their whole purpose in life. So yeah, the question is, can you make someone like you by having an argument with them? Is that, is that, is that, is that a possibility? It depends on how it ends. Cause it can start as an argument. Mm. Um, they could, I think they can, mm, I'm wondering, could they respect you by the end of it? Do you think you can make someone respect you by having an argument with them? Nah, do you know what it is? I just think about people that I've argued with in my life. I don't like them, you know. Have you argued with family? And there's that saying, yeah, I don't like them. them. You don't like them either? (laughs) Do you know what it is? But there's a saying of like, the winning, like, where is it, the price? Okay, the winning, so if you win the argument, it comes at a cost of maybe losing the person's goodwill. Yeah. And the goodwill maybe is connected to liking someone, which is a bit... Because winning an argument is what? enforcing your own opinion upon somebody else who disagrees with you. That's an argument. Mm. If it's a discussion, then you have half the chance of converting them to your way yeah. of thinking. But the moment it becomes two opposing forces that are just clashing, it's an argument. That's why I don't argue. Huh? That's what I argue. Yeah, there's no, there's no real, yeah. there's no real tangible benefit to arguments because they, like you said, you're either gonna force your opinion down their throat, mm. and they're gonna be sour, and not like you anymore, because mm. you're like, you like even if you corner them and you're like, see ha, got you. Argument one, case closed. Yeah. I won. Then they're gonna be like, well, don't need you in my life. The only person to argue with is Aladdin, actually. Um, I don't argue with anyone else, which is which I find it really interesting. Obviously, I have disagreements, but mm-hmm. I'm, when I say argument, I'm like arguing a point. So I'm saying this is the point, saying this is the point, and we just we're just you know what I'm saying. Passion. Yeah.
think you're both stubborn. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really. Hmm, am I stubborn? I'm not sure. Yeah. I just don't know what to do with my la 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 la. La 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 la. I can't send it to you. Uh, how can I send you something that doesn't exist doesn't on the internet? Bro. It doesn't exist, bro. It doesn't exist. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, let, let, let me um let me let me draw for some some of my material. Um backup plan. Like I evidence, bro. Um Aladdin, I don't know. So long story short, yeah. This is why. This is why, bro. This is why. Um That's what I'm gonna say. So So I was just looking for something. I was looking for this quote, yeah. And I wanted to see what you think about it. It's called, uh, it's by Jimi Hendrix. I don't know who that is, but continue. It's like, who's Jimi Hendrix, bro? Is this, huh? No, Jimi Hendrix is the, the artist. Yeah, the, all right. Say no. This, this sounds bad. People are going to be listening to that. How, how do you know what Jimi Hendrix I live in a bubble, that's why. Same, me too, me too, me too. Uh, Jimmy. He looks Jimmy. like a cool guy, I can't lie. He looks like I'd get along with him, I think, if I see him. Yeah, he's a he's an American guitarist. Yeah, I think I'd get along with him. Jimi Hendrix, man, he's a legend, bro. I probably, if you play me bro, some of his Jimmy music. Jimi Hendrix, bro. If you play me some of his music or if you play me something that he's created, some of his yeah. artwork, I'd probably recognize it. I just don't recognize the name. All right, listen, I've got a quote for you, yeah. Go on. And I'm going to read it out and I want to hear that your first thoughts that come into your head All right. when it comes to this quote, yeah. So the quote is When the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will know peace. The first thing that comes to mind is a podcast episode that I watched between Joe Rogan and a specialist on psychedelics, specifically mushrooms, where he stated that he, his, his philosophy is that anybody who goes into a position of power should be taken first before they are appointed any position of power. Um, they should be taken to a shaman and they should experience what it means to go on a, a spiritual mushroom trip to discover the power of love before they are appointed a position of power because he believes that's the solution because once they understand that you you and I are one and the whole world is interconnected mm. and if I harm you I'm harming myself then they will do things that destroy our world that is interesting that was his perspective and that came to mind when you said that yeah that is so interesting do you, do you know do you know why you know actually I I want to I want to actually do I think it's called ayahuasca. Yeah, that's that is so DMT, yeah. a form of DMT, dimethyltryptamine, yeah. which Joe Rogan talks about all the time, and it's very interesting. Do you know mm. what ayahuasca creates in you, by the way? Ayahuasca releases uh, a drug, which is dimethyltryptamine (DMT) into your bloodstream, and this is a naturally created drug that is exerted into your body, but it's only created in two phases of your life: when you mm. sleep and when you die. So you get like a microdose when wow. you sleep. I believe this anyway. This is why. This is why I've. To the best of my knowledge, is how it works. Yeah. You get a, like a like a little mini little dose when you sleep, and then you get like a mm-hmm. big old, big dose when when you die, and you experience like kind of like like just a, like a whole new world basically yeah. from what people have described it as, and that is what ayahuasca is. That is incredible. Yeah. Do you know what I've had? Um, <clears throat> so I was in Amsterdam. Was it like a month ago? No, when was it? Must have been like two months ago. I can't remember. I think it's like two months ago or something like that. Uh, I think it was in January actually. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and obviously, so I don't, I don't necessarily like smoke weed or 
um like do any edibles or stuff like that but I've, I've actually taken um so when i went there i went to a coffee shop and i've taken a um like an edible weed biscuit sort of thing and it was called space cake and um and i've had a moment where so i've took it and actually to be honest i, just, I didn't even know I, I, I like i was super ignorant around edibles and um so i ate the whole thing and i think from what i understood that people meant to eat it like bit by bit mm. and basically i ate the whole thing and and it just started kicking in. So I was having like a, almost like a bad trip, almost freaked out. But I was like kind of sitting there. I was in this kind of space of like thinking, because everything just kept moving anyways, like thinking of like how irrelevant I was in the world and how if I wasn't there, things would still carry on going. Like I had that moment of like oh. this, this sort of like, it, but in, in a, like a really empowering kind of way. And it made me remember like all the other people that, are not in a life no more and how the world just still moved on regardless mm. and how relevant i am in this world where if i'm not there it still it still goes on it doesn't doesn't stop that how would it. you say that changed your perception of yourself and reality? Um, <clears throat> i just don't take things too seriously now just like i don't i don't you know what it is actually i pay less attention to bullshit so like things, the things that are not like irrelevant, like what what trainers is someone wearing, or what um I don't know what's the newest trend or whatever, like all those kind of things. I don't care about it too much. Like mm. I still pay, like I might I might just be like, oh that's cool and whatever, but I don't really care about it like that. Interesting. Or like the gossips or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's when you sort of unplug from like the little nit and natter of the world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And and I guess it's like there's this form of enlightenment, right? Because it seems like you had like an outer body type of experience where you mm. kind of put yourself in perspective of like, wow, the whole world is like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, what's um, what's been like a significant life event for you? Like something that stood out for you or like changed you completely? Um. So, the one that probably had the most impact at the time was when my grandfather passed away. Mm. Um. So I never really used to know my grandfather in the extent of like what he'd done in his life, which is mm. really sad to say. But my granddad was uh, a scholar, like a religious scholar. He was a physics teacher before that, he taught for like 25 years as a physics teacher. And then he became like an Islamic scholar and he became like the imam of a mosque in like the toughest time in Iraq, like Saddam's time. Mm. But he was, he was like... He was taken under for like for, for months on end, tortured mm. because of like all of his advocacy for religion at the time, um, and he basically was the backbone of an entire community. Mm. But me growing up in London had no real I- idea of the impact that he had as a man. Towards the end of his life, his health started to deteriorate massively, and um, he wasn't really getting the care and attention that you would expect like an elderly person to be getting which resulted in him developing some so you know bed sores and and like and that resulted in an infection he was taken over to syria for him to be able to take care of him um and that sort of escalated until mm. until you know it got to a critical point where my dad once he called me and he was like called me downstairs and i was like what's up and he was like you know granddad's really ill so i was like where you know where is he he's like he's in syria thinking like you know i had i had tripped i had booked a trip to to germany with work to go to like a massive expedition i was really looking forward to so much stuff was going on in my life you know like life is busy right you got stuff planned and he tells me like i can't go my dad's my dad can't travel 
um, because he's he's wheelchair bound. But he's like, listen, granddad, like he needs some help. And I was like, all right, I'm going. So I literally jumped on a plane, um, and then I next thing I know, a couple of days later, I'm there in the middle of Syria, like looking after my granddad in a hospital, and I saw this man like who had served his whole life who had given his whole life in service of others mm. in the time when he needed it the most he had almost practically no one yeah. <clears throat> and that seeing that was so eye-opening because you realize how important your intentions are like he served his community not for the sake of his community so that one day maybe they can serve him he served his community because it was the right thing to do and he done it in the name of God and when you do something in the name of God, God will test that. And the way he tests that is he strips you away from everything and he sees whether you're going to be annoyed that the world isn't looking after you or whether you're going to be at peace because you're actually, going to, you know that all, you did it not for something in return, but mm. you did it for the sake of doing it because it was the right thing to do. When he passed, I, I, I stayed in f- with him for like 12 to 14 days came back to London a week later he passed away first thing I've done is I booked a trip back to Iraq to go and actually do his his burial when I arrived in Iraq bro I saw a video on the internet popped up of the people of his community putting banners across the roads with his picture and face on it and we're talking like literally in one street there was probably like 20, 30, 40 banners of him and his face on it and like quotes saying we're going to miss you oh father of the orphans like you were the guy who looked after the orphans mm. and we were the orphans that you looked after us you wow. guided us through the darkest time when Saddam was 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 causing havoc to our communities you were the backbone that held us all together and then when it was time to actually do his burial bro I see an entire street flooded full of people just carrying his casket women crying men crying mm. old people crying bro he he had completely carried an entire community but when he needed them the most they were unaware and it literally was like what you said about when we go you know it's like the irrelevancy sometimes make mm. you feel that and it really really hit me because it's like you want to live a life of service and something on the inside of you says well i want something to come back at some point right but that's your ego speaking because it's like well i'm giving surely i'm gonna mm, get that's the condition yeah but <coughs> when i used to ask my granddad in the hospital i'm like how are you bro he was if i can't even describe to you what i was seeing when i was in that hospital like bed sores are i'm not sure if you ever experienced bed sores or know about I'm not sure what they are. So, like, are you not too sure what they are bed sores so bed sores are when basically people don't move for too long the skin starts to like pack itself on top of each other so the cells start to get really dense and then they clog up and then what happens is your whole skin just dries up and it falls out and it leaves a massive gaping hole in like your back across your whole body you leave massive gaping holes that are literally bleeding constantly and and he had very he had a very severe case of that as well Mm. and i saw with my own eyes the amount of pain that this man went through but when i used to ask him how are you he used to say I'm with God. Mm. I'm with God. That's all he used to say. How are you? I'm grateful. I'm with God. And I used mm. to see that in him. And I could tell that he wasn't, he didn't want nothing from no one. 
He spent his whole life serving. He spent his whole life giving. Yeah, but he expected nothing in return. Mm. That was a massive shift for me. But the mo- the cherry on top of the cake was after a full day, like of his on his burial day, we arrived to the grave where we were going to put him in. And before they put him in, I had always wanted to experience what it's like to be in a grave. Mm. I feel like that's a very humbling experience. And I decided just before we arrived that today was going to be that day. And where I wanted to be was I wanted to be in my grandfather's grave. I wanted to experience where he was going to go. Like he lived a whole life of service. What does that mean for his hereafter? I was curious to take a look. And I remember I arrived. We arrived the whole... There was like there was about seven or eight coaches full of people that had come all the way from Baghdad to this other area mm. to bury him. Full of like people that loved him. They arrived. Um, and and as we, as we arrived... Um, I jumped off the pickup truck first and I ran towards the grave and I saw the guy that had just dug it up and I was like to him, listen, I want to jump in. He's like, who are you? I was like, I'm his grandson. He was like, be my guest. He holds my hand and I start to lower myself in the grave. Bear in mind, we're in the middle of Iraq. It's it's quite, you know, it's Iraq. It's, you'd expect it. It's a desert in Iraq. It's relatively hot. The moment I got into the grave, bro, it's become, it's became so cool, mm. cold. And I remember my feet touched the base of the grave and like the sand was so soft. Mm. Now one thing about my granddad's grave Is that right next to it was my grandmother's grave So he was being buried right next to my grandmother His wife, his ex-wife Well his wife who had passed away And between them all that where it was was a brick wall So the way that graves are in Islam Is you go in and then you go to the side mm. So it, you're, when you're lying there You're not directly above the Above the hole You're, you're kind of in like this little yeah. Yeah. So I went down And I heard the guy from on top saying Lie down in that little that little extension part. Don't just lie down where you're seeing, looking up. Mm. And I remember the moment I put my feet down and I put my, my head on the sand, everything just went silent. Mm. And in that moment, I had never in my life felt so much peace as I did in that moment lying down in his grave. And I felt the way I had experienced it was I had my hand on the wall between me and my grandmother's grave. And I, there was complete darkness on this side. Complete darkness. You're six feet under. And I could see the light flooding in from the left, from the hole, from the top. Mm. And I could feel the darkness was where the warmth and the peace was. And the light was the only thing anchoring me away from that everlasting peace. I felt like I was moments away from feeling so much tranquility. But the light was anchoring me away from it. And for a split second, I wished that they just sealed up the grave mm. and I could just live in that everlasting moment of peace right there. Wow. And in that moment, I realized what a life of service creates for your hereafter. I just felt so much peace in a grave. Mm. And a grave that my dad, my granddad had prepared for himself his whole life. Wow, that's, that's a, I'm that. speechless, man. That is a, that's a powerful experience. Yeah, that was yeah. that was a life changing experience. Yeah, when I lied down there, I just I didn't want to get back up again. I didn't want to get out. Mm. Wow, felt yeah, story. yeah. I felt like I felt like I was in. I felt like I had whatever heaven may be. I felt like that that sensation that I felt. Mm. I I caught a glimpse Quite of a split moment. I caught a glimpse of it. Yeah. Yeah, there is that interesting thing about um, like people being scared to die, but also knowing that there's that peace on the other side of it. Um, 
it's always interesting. It's like what happens, you know, what happens then. You ever had like a you ever blacked out before? Uh, you might not ever have. Yeah, yeah. I have. <laughs> it's not a story I can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have blacked out. But I remember the moment I woke up. I felt like I mm. felt like someone was looking out for me. Because mm. so, I was moments from death when I did black out. Like I could have very I was in a foreign country alone, and I I could have very easily just just poof pan- yeah. vanished off this planet. So. So before we start wrapping up, um, there's this one like interesting thing. So someone I know, he basically died for like 40 minutes. Wow. He was pronounced dead for 40 minutes. They were doing CPR. Um, and I think I think at one point, I think they were going to give up. Um, or they were planning to give up, but then he came back to life. But wow. the interesting thing is like, so ever since he went through this experience and I'm saying he went through this experience which is interesting as well like I thought his whole life is going to change as in like he's going to look at life differently everything's going to be different not to say that it still hasn't had any impact on him but I remember having a conversation and I was like look like what you know like how do you perceive this experience like because for everyone else and you know from an outside looking in it's like this was a horrific experience and people think, yeah, he's going to change all of these things going to happen. He goes, he goes, look, like for me, I just blacked out. Like I just wasn't, because he wasn't conscious. It's like I just blacked out and I woke up again. Really? The same way is like, if you, you know, if you go to sleep and you wake up the next morning. Don't, there's all that space in the middle. Where you just... Yeah. So like to him, it hasn't like, he hasn't necessarily experienced or understood what that even means. Because it's like if you're not conscious, you know, it's like how 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 are you meant to know what that means? Yeah. In the first place. And I find it really fascinating and it's the whole thing of like people making up stories about, oh my god, it's gonna be like this. And I was one of those people. But after having that conversation with it, I was like, shit, like like that was a good reality check. It's like what else am I making up, you know, different stories about and how people experience different things. Do you think it could also play to the to play internally? For us thinking, oh, if I experience this, then I'm going to be like that. And we set up hopes oh, and definitely. dreams of like the transformation that we want to get from certain experiences. And it's kind of an excuse not to make the transformation yeah, yeah. now because you're setting it up for this future event that's going to happen that you don't even know is going to have an impact on you or not. Yeah, 100%. I, I, think, I think we connect ourselves to an experience that someone else goes through. Or sometimes, in, in, in some cases, in hers, the experiences that someone else goes through connects with us. It's just it's quite, quite, quite yeah. uh, a little bit philosophical. Yeah. Um, you know what this brings us back to, by the way? Your approach to life of mm. just pure experience. Yeah. Because that's tra- that's experience first with no judgment. Mm. Well, and then the transformation. I, I would debate that. So, you know, I would debate that experience is life. So I would, I would actually debate that when people say life and when people say experience, I would say that they're not. Uh, they're not different it's the exact same thing so someone's if someone goes i am living the experience on instead of i am living the life it's the same thing because everything's an experience so if somebody says i want to experience life what would you tell them this is an experience touching this having a conversation experience reading is an experience everything is an experience so life is an experience how could one increase their like the the perception of like how, what could you what could somebody do if somebody feels like okay I'm alive I can recognize that but I don't feel like I'm experiencing it 
as as much how could they start to make that shift i don't know i, I, I think so till this day like i haven't figured out what happened for me to make that shift um it's not something i can just, and i don't think it's something i can tell people to do or even if there was a formula i think people still need to find out their own sort of journey and maybe it's like what i'm experiencing maybe it isn't for everyone to experience maybe just for me that kind of feels a bit like special you know it's like maybe just for me but i'd love for everyone to experience it just to kind of know just you know even if they don't decide to live that way because i think it's a nice thing to experience but yeah i'm not sure man just um i think even for example like little things like if you go to a shop i think being conscious of what experiences we pick so for example if, if i go to the shop and let's say i go to the crisp packet uh hour of like to buy a packet of crisps and stuff like that like if i'm aware that depending on which packet i buy i'll have a different experience i think that's a good starting point mm. um same with drinks if i buy a different flavor drink or if i buy a war like every drink is going to give me a different experience you, you spoke about earlier you spoke about the five people people spend time around with a person's an experience you are an experience yeah um you're a walking experience talking experience living experience 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 yeah <laughs> but yeah experience. so all, all of that stuff um it's, it's it's yeah it's quite interesting can also add one more thing yeah before i ask you the last question there's one thing that i admire about islam and there's that saying of like and i, I find that really like find that it sits really nice within resilience or i don't want to like make it a little bit less meaningful by saying resilience or like it sits really well with the perspective of like whatever life throws at me i'm gonna handle it and it's that thing of that god doesn't throw anything at someone that they know they can't handle yeah so there's always that thing of like there's going to be learning in there 100 percent. um I, I i i find that really um yeah i admire that i think you know what's was to, to connect that point directly to the point that you mentioned earlier about you not knowing how you got to where you are mm. god or in, in another reality life you could say through experiences at you until it mm. got you to that point where you are because you mentioned you weren't always like this but it took you on your own very unique journey to get there and there's a there's a quote within islamic tradition that says the number of roots to god are equivalent to the number of souls mm. that exist mm. so the the roots to enlightenment are completely unique every single person will have a completely unique experience in the way that they get to god or mm. enlightenment or that overflowing sensation of experience yeah. where they feel like they are experiencing reality there is no set path but what god does is he puts he puts those things in your path to give you that unique experience mm. that will create the transformation from within um and and i think that's that's beautiful but yeah, yeah. you're right like god doesn't give you a a calamity or he doesn't give you a a burden or he doesn't give you anything that he doesn't know that you you can handle it yeah he's got to put your mind to it yeah i find it really empowering um so there's been a bit of changes since so how we check out there's been a bit of a change just a small little shift all right um so we're coming to the part it's like there's something so yeah we're talking about if there's something you want to promote and there's two parts to it now so one is like promoting something that doesn't belong to you um so that could be anything literally anything it can be a video can be a book can be 
I don't know, uh, can be a program, whatever it is. Um, so that's something that yeah promotes something that doesn't belong to you and something that does belong to you. Um, Interesting. Put on the spot here. <laughs> promote something that doesn't belong to me. I'm just going to pull something up, I think. Yeah, no problem. Could I just say I want to promote this podcast, or is that is that a cheap way out? I genuinely do, because I I, ex- I appreciate yeah. your know, the perspectives that you guys collate on here. Mm. I think it's a unique place that that people can come and just express themselves, and and I think that you guys have built something special to like to make to make this what it is. Mm. And I and I gen every time I come here, I learn something new, I expand my mind in a different way, and I. And I and I just appreciate you guys and and everything that you put put out there, and I just mm. wish you all the best in everything that you do. So I want to promote the, you know, Beyond the Surface podcast. That's, we love you too, man. That's why I want to promote. That's not <laughs> no, mine. I appreciate. It. We love you too, bro. And yeah, and so, something that does belong to you. guess I want to promote a thought that nothing truly belongs to us. Mm. And I think I'm starting to learn that slowly. Um, yeah, I'm slowly learning that. And I, and I hope I can internalize more a detachment from this world. Mm. Um, and I feel like that will help me on my journey to my why. The more I detach from the world, the more more rooted my why would be. Because as we mentioned, it's a delusion. Yeah. What was the word that you said? Maya. Maya. Yeah. You know, this world is Maya. Yeah. And the reality is far beyond what we can perceive. And I think life is beautiful, but mm. life is just a signpost to something greater. Um. So I guess what I want to promote is a thought which comes from my mouth but isn't mine mm-hmm. but it's just pointing to to a to a perspective that just lets go of, of this and I and I as I say this personally as a reminder to myself because mm. I feel like I need to do this more and over the past couple of months I've been learning that and I hope I can cement that into into my being yeah I, I love the fact that you said that because while I was saying it I was just I was thinking about I was going to say it I don't, I don't want to like add confusion into the thing, but I was thinking actually nothing really does belong to us. So it's, yeah. it's and then you said it, I was just like, wow, like it's 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 a that thing, um, which is really cool. I hope really that cool. made sense. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope that made sense. No, that makes perfect. I I knew exactly what you're saying. I knew exactly what you're saying straight away. Um, and look, this is your third time now, so you know, you know, you know the last question. But there's been a bit of a change in population, at least they say so. But uh, when you get a chance to say something to eight billion people. What are you going to tell them? Don't underestimate the beauty of the little things. Mm. 
stop and appreciate them. That's it. Love that, man. Yeah. I love silence. You know what? Silence is so powerful, man. <laughs>